My name is Alex Trzaskowski. I'm the director of speaking services at ITR Economics, and this is the latest edition of Trends Talk with ITR Economics. Today, I wanted to focus our conversation on the outlook for residential construction. So we'll be taking a look at the housing market, both single family housing and multifamily housing. We'll look at leading indicator input. We'll look at where we expect those markets to go and some issues related to performance of companies that are active in those markets. Let's start by looking at the latest data for U.S. housing starts overall. This contains both the single family market and the multifamily market. As of right now, this series is uh, uh, measured in millions of units, and the latest data, which is from March of 2019, shows there was 1.235 million housing starts uh, as of the latest data point. And that means, again, single-family housing and multifamily housing combined. When you look at the performance of this sector on a year-over-year -year growth rate basis, it is currently up 1.7%, which seems like a fairly positive outcome. But um, looking at the historic performance over the last six months or so, that what we can see is that it's been slowing and slowing quite dramatically. Uh, that's down from a, a relative recent high of more than 5% growth rate. And when we look at the shorter term indication, the, the 312 rate of change, that's actually currently at minus 7.7%. According to the ITR checking point system, that basically suggests that there's going to be some further negativity, further downside pressure on that annual growth number, the one that I referenced earlier, the 1.7% growth. So we're expecting that slowdown in the housing market to persist, and we're actually expecting that to give way to some mild negativity or contraction by the time we get into the latter half of 2019. If we look at the specific subsegment of that market that is focused on single-family housing, the best way to measure for that is single-unit housing starts. And again, according to the Census Bureau data from March, that was an 873,000-unit series. It was up 1.6% year-over-year, but similar to what we saw for uh, residential housing overall, for housing starts overall, that was down on a more short-term basis. According to the 312, it's currently down 3% quarter-over-quarter. Now, that does uh, show a little bit of a bounce back. The previous month's data point was actually a much more overtly negative 7% decline on a 312 basis. So we've seen a little bit of a bounce back in single-family housing, but the fact that that 312 remains below the 1212 continues to highlight the fact that there will be further deceleration in the single family housing market uh, as representing but represented by housing starts and just like for residential housing overall we expect mild decline in 2019 for the single family market a couple of leading indicators that corroborate our expectation of decline uh, would be the building permits from, again, the Census Bureau. Uh, and here we can see the, actually, that's the um, Home Builders Association that provides the building permits data. Uh, and the, the, that particular leading indicator shows that we can expect further negativity in terms of rate of change, further downside pressure into at least the midpoint of 2019, whereas we can see see a little bit of a farther outlook in the home builders housing market index, which is kind of a survey of all of the home builders and the sentiment that they're feeling in the marketplace. That's much more overtly negative, And that points to continued decline on a rate of change basis for single family housing well into the latter part of the year. The latest data point, certainly that uh, based on the lead time this particular indicator has to single family housing starts points to decline into November of 2019. Uh, 
um, at, at least and probably beyond that as well. So both of the major leading indicators that correlate well to single family housing are uh, showing signs of further deceleration and some mild negativity as we transition into that latter part of 2019. A lot of people think that interest rates have a great deal to play in the negativity perspective and um, that's certainly something that we were concerned with towards the latter part of last year in uh, late 2018. We definitely saw interest rates rising. The um, interest rate on the 30-year mortgage rose to as high as 4.9% on average. But really in early 2019, we've seen that pull back quite significantly. And the latest data point actually is back down to 4.4% on the 30-year mortgage, and that's according to the Wall Street Journal. So we've definitely seen a bit of a pullback in interest rates uh, in terms of the, the mortgage environment. And so what was expected to be a pretty significant headwind really hasn't materialized. In fact, if you look at this latest reading of 4.4% in the 30-year mortgage, that's comparable to what we saw back in early 2018 before, of course, we saw the um, instigation of those four rate hikes that we saw from the Fed last year. And so essentially it's relatively flat relative to this time last year. Not a huge significant headwind to the housing market at this stage. That could certainly change, but as of right now, I would not say interest rates are a big detriment to the housing market. What I do think is a bigger headwind is the, the housing prices. We've seen a pretty significant increase in the housing prices um, in terms of the, the average housing price. Uh, so according to the U.S. Housing Price Index, which is put out by the Federal Housing Finance Agency, Agency. The median uh, home value was 270.1 thousand in the U.S. Uh, that is up significantly off of the lows that we saw right around the kind of 180 thousand dollar mark back in uh, late 2011, early 2012, and certainly even substantially higher than the peak, the pre-recession uh, peak back in 2006-2007 timeframe that was just under 230 thousand. So essentially, we were looking at about a 10 to 15. 15% upside from the pre-recession peak relative to where we stand right now. Uh, and that's certainly making the housing affordability a little bit lower uh, for, for the average home buyer. And, and it's becoming more and more difficult for people to qualify for those ever higher, higher growing loans that they need to take out to get those mortgages. So I think the consistent rise in um, housing value over time is definitely making it uh, a, a more challenging market for the buyer. We do expect that uh, the, the value of the housing uh, market is going to continue to ascend through um, kind of ever increasing troughs. That means that although there may be pullbacks for a brief period of time, overall, we're going to see a continued uh, escalation in the average price of the home in the U.S. And in some places, that's already uh, meaning that it's very, very difficult to be able to afford a home. So for instance, um, if we look at uh, various sources of data from Zillow and the Tax Foundation to the Wall Street Journal, when we consider the household income that's needed to afford an average home in America, it's really quite astoundingly high in some areas. For instance, in Hawaii and in California, you need to have a household income above $134,000 in order to just be able to afford the, the average home in the area. In places like Alaska and Colorado, Oregon, Washington, all of those exceed a household income of $80,000. But there's still plenty of relatively affordable housing out there as well. If you look at places like Texas and Wisconsin, Illinois, North Carolina, they're right around that $50,000 in household income mark. So 
those continue to be places that draw people in, especially those people that are looking for more affordable housing. And finally, I wanted to just touch very quickly on the multi-housing area, uh, that's apartments and condos and things like that. We're seeing quite a bit more overt negativity in that part of the market relative to what we see in single-family housing. Currently, multi-unit housing starts are up 2.1% year over year, but the 312 rate of change, or again, that shorter-term indicator, is down 17.5%. So that means that the latest quarter's worth of data compared to the same quarter from last year is down 17.5%. And that will place great amount of strain on the annual number and cause the multi-unit housing starts to enter recession as well in the second half of 2019, if not before that. So um, yes, you can see we're expecting certainly the continued slowdown of housing in the U.S. We expect some mild negativity uh, by the later part of this year and into 2020, but that's going to be relatively brief and mild. And we do expect a return to a rising trend to occur in uh, the, the latter part of 2020 and into 2021. So if you're looking for an opportunity, if you're looking for perhaps uh, uh, to buy some property, whether it's single or multifamily, look towards that low point that always presents great buying opportunities. Uh, certainly, we, if we look back towards the Great Recession, we can see that play out uh, time and time again, where people really captured a lot of value in the marketplace by buying low and then sitting pretty relative to, to that time where, where they are right now. So I hope you've enjoyed this latest issue of Trends Talk with ITR economics. This is again, Alex Chosofsky, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care.